0: a house of prayer, a house of worship, a house where you're going to speak to us, Lord. We just thank you for this opportunity again to, to, to praise you and to sit at your feet. We thank you for our sister Jackie being able to join us once again, Lord. Thank you for the healing that you've done in her. Lord, thank you for uh, Tom getting that new heart, and so far it's working, Lord. We praise you for that, that you continue to be a blessing to thank you for so many answers to prayer, Lord God, because you're a, you're a God that loves us, you're a God whose ears are open to our cries, we just thank you, and thank you for your word, Lord, we're going to hear words of, of life, comfort, and strength, and maybe even correction, Lord, but we know whatever is preached, it's your word, it's truth, and it's, it's for our good, it's for our benefit, it's uh, words that we need, words to grow by, words to live by, Lord, we just humbly come before your throne. We raise up our voices. We raise up our hearts. We praise you. The God who is the one true living God. The God who created us. The God who died for us, Lord. Mm-hmm. And we just pray, Lord God, have your way with us. Continue that work that you have begun in each and every one of us. And to you, all that's done, all that's said, as always... For your honor and glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
1: Well, let's stand and worship the Lord. in our lungs. So we pour out our praise. We pour out our praise. in your breath in our lungs. So we pour
2: Amen. Amen. It's good to see you all tonight. Yeah. God is good, isn't He? God is good.
1: Don't we have a lot to
2: be thankful for? Yeah. yeah. Tomorrow is Thanksgiving Day. Tonight, breaking off from First Kings once again, I'm talking about the thank-filled. Life. I think this is important, because a heart of thanksgiving, it helps shape us as Christians, and helps us at times to rise up above the circumstances that we're in. It's the oldest of the U.S. holidays, as you probably know. You know, we hear greetings all around, Happy Thanksgiving, that's, that's wonderful. Often we hear Happy Holidays, that's not so wonderful. No. Oh, come on. Sometimes I hear Happy Turkey Day, that's awful. Hey, that's awful. I don't celebrate a turkey.
1: Good.
2: Tastes good, Yeah. but I don't celebrate a turkey. Oh, come on, so I always say have a Happy Thanksgiving or a Blessed Thanksgiving. You know, Sadly, however, many of the greetings that people give are more duty-driven or Feel some sense of obligation with little thought about the object of our thanks. So I want to give thanks to the Lord right now. And Father, we come to you tonight and thank you for your presence here. We thank you, Father, for all that you are and all that you've done, the things you're doing in our lives now, the things that have yet to be accomplished. We just want to trust them all to you. And I think now, too, as uh, Pastor Ange had prayed for Tom Vasile, his the heart made available, and uh, he now has it in him, but his, his kidneys have failed, so we just lift that up to you, too. We know you're able to just touch him and bring function to those kidneys once again. So we just lift his need up to you. Thank you for his faith in you, his trust in you, and uh, may this all be to your glory. Lord, also we ask your blessing over Don and Doug as they celebrate their wedding anniversary tonight. Thank you for them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So really, the, the object of our, our thanks ought always to be to God, right? And it's all about bringing thanks and praise to our Creator. And he's, a, he's a great provider, isn't he? You know, James 1.17 says, every good And every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. And when you think about, you know, our forefathers and when this nation was was formed and established, they got it right. They got it right. And here's why they got it right, because they were close to God. They were close to him. They knew him. They were students of his word, as we must be students of his word. And you know, here he on Sunday, what a sweet message that was on you must be born again. Mm-hmm. But the emphasis on the word of God, our emphasis must be on the word of God. Otherwise, what do we have? We don't have much. In fact, we don't have anything. So we must be centered and focused in on the word of God. Here's some excerpts of certain proclamations from some of our forefathers. This one was from Thomas Jefferson in 1779. Here's what he said. I appoint a day of public thanksgiving to Almighty God to ask him that he would pour out his Holy Spirit on all ministers of the gospel, that he would spread the light of Christian knowledge through the remotest corners of the earth, And that he would establish these United States upon the basis of religion and virtue. you got to love it. John Hancock, Governor John Hancock in 1790, he said this. I appoint a day of public thanksgiving and praise to render to God the tribute of praise for his unmerited goodness toward us. By giving to us the holy scriptures which are able to enlighten and to make us wise to eternal salvation. And to present our supplications that he would forgive our manifold sins. And cause the benign religion of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ to be known, understood, and practiced among the inhabitants of the earth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Wouldn't you like to hear our president... And our governors make this kind of proclamation I sure do because it would be consistent with the principles that have been laid down before any of us were even born they were here they were established and it's the right thing to do it is the right thing to do God calls us to be thankful and you see a thankful heart is a content heart Paul wrote to Timothy in 1 Timothy 6, verse 6, he said, but godliness with contentment is great gain. There's something to be gained. Godliness with contentment has an effect on your life that brings spiritual gain to you. Do you know that giving thanks is a godly attribute? Well, let me say this, Jesus was thankful. John eleven forty one. Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, "Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me." You ever thank God for His inclined ear to you? That He hears your prayers, that He hears your cries, that He knows what's going on in your life, that He never leaves you nor forsakes you. In Luke twenty two nineteen. Speaking of Jesus, again, he, he took bread and he gave thanks and break it and gave unto them, saying, this is my body which is given for you, this do in remembrance of me. And sometimes we, we look at this and we say, well, he thanked, he thanked his father for the bread. But family gets much, much deeper than that. He thanked his father for the provision of his own sinless body that would be beaten to death in the pure holy blood that he would shed so that he could be a sacrifice for all mankind. He thanked his father for that work that he was enabled to do. For what purpose? So that people like us can be saved. That's why he came. He came to save sinners like us from our sin. And he thanked his father for the privilege to lay down his life for you and for me. In Luke 10, verse 21, in that hour Jesus rejoiced in his spirit and said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent and has revealed them unto babes. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in thy sight. He was thankful that God revealed his truth to the humble. And I'm thankful that God has revealed his truth. To me aren't you thankful he has revealed his truth to you so jesus was thankful and when we're thankful we're like jesus aren't we today we're going to talk about thanksgiving as something god calls us not just to do but to be to be thankful as christians it's a great, a great importance as to a thankful hearts. In 1 Thessalonians 5 18, Paul writes this. He said, In everything. And that, that's an important phrase. In everything, it means at our present time, present condition. At present state, present condition, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Who does it concern? It concerns you and me, of course. In what portion of our life? Well, it's the present condition. Always in the present. In other words, right now, then the next moment, the next moment we're to have thankful hearts. But you know, if you're anything like me, and I think we need to be honest here, sometimes we just don't feel like being thankful. Sometimes we don't feel like giving thanks. And it may very well be the most difficult command in the Bible to obey. In everything, give thanks. Jackie and I were talking about that this morning. You know, it's a simple verse. In everything, give thanks for the will of God and Christ Jesus concerning you. We can say, yeah, sure. But then we take this verse and we overlay it on our life, over our circumstance, over our difficulties, and our trials. And then what? It becomes... Kind of difficult, doesn't it? But it's a command that God gives us so that we can be spiritually healthy. I have a fictitious story. I think I've shared something similar to this in the past. There was a a woman about to prepare a dinner for her husband, and she said, You know, honey, you know, I'll make you anything that you want for dinner tonight. So he scratched his head and he began to think. He goes, you know what? I'd like two burgers. two burgers, one with cheese and one without. And then, can you make me some mashed potatoes? And then I'd also like a salad. And, and oh, my favorite drink, I'd like a nice cold glass of lemonade. So joyfully, she set out to make this, this man her husband a dinner that he asked for. And when it was all ready, she called to her husband and said, Honey, come on. Come to the dinner table. The meal that you asked for is ready for you. <laughs> Prepare just the way you want it. She's excited. So he sat down and he looked at it. He had a smile on his face. And he began to look a little closer and he began to frown. His wife noticed and she said, Is something wrong? And he said, Yeah. You put the cheese on the wrong burger. <laughs> Some people have no thankfulness, do they? But find something to complain about rather than thanks. But the Bible tells us in everything give thanks, for it's the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you and me. So let's begin tonight about talking about the scope of thanksgiving as it relates to this verse in everything give thanks. We're to give thanks in all things. Again, present state. Ephesians 5.20 says giving thanks always for all things. There's two important words there. All all things and always. Always for all things. That's huge, isn't it? Unto God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. But why should we give thanks in all things? Well, here's why. Because God rules all things. And therefore, we should give thanks in all things. You see, he rules the simple things. He rules the complicated things. He rules the victorious things. But he also rules the sorrowful things and the difficult things. So let's look at some of the simple things in life. Something that you're very accustomed to. You know, you turn a faucet on and what do you get? You get water. The water that maybe you made your coffee with this morning. Or the water that you had a couple sips of when you came in here. We have fresh, clean, drinkable water at our disposal all the time. And if you're anything like me, I turn that faucet on, I expect water to come out. Water that I can drink. I take it for granted. But in many areas of the world, clean drinking water is not to be taken for granted because it's almost impossible to find. Years ago, I met a man, I talked to him. He moved here from Haiti when he was nine years old. And he asked me this question that I thought, when he first asked I thought, well, that's kind of an odd question. But he said this to me. He said, have you ever toured the Monroe County Pure Waters Authority? I said, no. He said he just did. And it was a very, very moving and emotional experience for him. I said, why? Why? What made it so emotional and and so moving? And he explained that clean water is nowhere to be found where he came from growing up in Haiti. In fact, contaminated water is what killed his twin brother. So every drop of clean water that he sees here, he, he gives thanks for it. Something we consider to be very simple, but something he did not consider simple or take for granted. And you know, when we think about it, there's so much to be thankful for, isn't there? You're not sitting on the floor right now, are you? No. You got a chair that's reasonably comfortable. I'm thankful for these chairs. God gave us these chairs. There was another church that was closing down. When when we opened up this building, you got a phone call, you need some chairs? Hallelujah we do. God delivered them. So when you take a sip of coffee in the morning you know there's water in it, right? Perhaps it's time to say, God, I forgive me for taking this for granted. But I thank you for it. And when you sit down in a chair, God, thank you that I don't have to sit on the floor right now. Simple things. Did you ever think of thanking God for a the scratch or dent in your car that you got in the parking lot at Wegmans the other day—why would you do that? Well, you know, you can thank Jesus that you have a car to dent, right? <laughs> Truly. As talking with Bob earlier, he knows I hate raking leaves. Right. <laughs> but then, what really sets me in the right perspective is to say, well. God, I don't like raking leaves, but I'm thankful that I have a yard to rake leaves in. And I have trees in my yard, or a tree in my yard that drops leaves. That, and this is the property that you've blessed us with. Thank you for that. You can go on forever. Thinking, thanking God for the simple and obvious things. But how about, how about the very, very deep things of your heart? What about the hurt you've been experiencing when a loved one betrays you or mistreats you? Will you thank him in your sorrow or heartache? Can you just say, thank you, God, that you know what I'm going through. I'm, I'm so thankful, Lord, that you understand my heart right now. It's not right, okay, but you get me. And I'm thankful for that. And maybe nobody else understands what you're going through. Nobody else understands you, period. But you serve a God. You can say, "Thank you, God. You fashioned me. You know me. You knew me before I was even born. You knew what I would do. You knew what I'm. You know what I'm going to do, and you still love me." In everything, give thanks. What about when you have problems that only God knows about, and He only He knows the depth of your pain. Again, God knows. And he understands. How about when serious illness hits? And you might think, why? 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 And you may not get an answer. But God knows. Thank you, God, that you know. How about when a a child walks out in rebellion or disrespects you as a parent, that that you show nothing but love? How in the world can you give thanks at those times? Well, God, I thank you that I do have a child. And I'm trusting you that one day you're going to bring this child, this loved one, back to the borders. And I'm holding on to that promise, God. I'm holding on to that. I'm holding on to you. Can you thank God in those circumstances? You see, family, the Holy Spirit of God said to the Apostle Paul, I want you to write this down. I want you to write this down in everything give thanks for it is a will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you, Paul. I want you to write that down. You know, Paul went through some tough times, and yet he still wrote, "In everything, give thanks." For is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning me. 2 Corinthians 11, verses 24 through 28. And if any of you have received any of these things I'm going to mention, raise your hand. But I doubt I have seen any hands. He said of the Jews, five times received I forty stripes, save one. No takers? Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Thrice I suffered shipwreck. A night and a day I've been in the deep, and journeyings often, in perils of waters in perils of robbers, in perils by my own countrymen, in perils by the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren. It seems like he was in peril everywhere he went, doesn't it? He named a whole bunch of them here. And then he said, in weariness and painfulness, in watchings often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, And cold and nakedness, beside those things that are without, that which cometh upon me daily, the care of all the churches. Sign me up. In everything give thanks. For it is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. And when Paul wrote that, understand, he was he was giving facts. He was giving a commentary, not a complaint by any means. And you know, I would say it's, it's probably pretty easy to thank the Lord when we receive what we would consider to be blessings, isn't it? Isn't that easy? That part of the in everything, it hey, that's a piece of cake. But we're to give thanks in the difficult times too. And if that's the case, then there has to be something to thank Jesus for in our difficulty. So let's take a few minutes to consider God's hand in his plan, in difficulties, in tears, in heartache, in trouble, in sickness, and find out what these things do for us. Now, wait a minute. If God says, give thanks in all these things, that is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you, then these things must have some benefit. They must do something for us. They don't work against us, believe it or not it's all about perspective isn't it first thing i'd like to mention when we have trouble or when we experience trouble god may be using that to correct us huh hebrews 12:11 says now no chastening for the present seems to be joyous i agree with that <laughs> don't you no chastening for the present seems to be joyous, but it's grievous. I agree with that. Nevertheless, the afterward it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. In other words, the chastening that the Lord provides to us and for us does some good. I think back when I was growing up in a household full of boys, one sister, six boys, and when something went sideways... Somebody did something. My dad would say, "All right, which one of you guys did this?" My sister was pretty young at the time, and she didn't ever get spanked or anything, so (laughs) spoiled. She's turned out pretty good though. (laughs) So we line up. All right, who did it? Not a word. Okay, you're all getting it. Did I like a swat on the backside? No. Did I learn from it? Well, if I did the deed, then yes, absolutely, I learned from it. And in a similar way, God corrects us. Why? Because he loves us. For whom the Lord loves, he what? He chastens. Psalm 119, verse 71. David said this, It is good for me that I have been afflicted. Why, that I might learn your statutes. David said it was good for me that I was afflicted. Those are not easy words to say. Well, you can say them, but are they in the heart? Do you mean it? It is good for me that I was afflicted, that I might learn your statutes. Maybe we would rather say it was, it was good for you that you were afflicted, that you might learn God's statutes. But no, no, David said, it's good for me. In Psalm 119, verse 67, says this, before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I've kept thy word. So God uses our afflictions to bring us back in alignment with the word of God. Praise God for that. So pain and suffering, difficulties, trials, they are often used to correct us. And if so, then we need to thank God in it, don't we? My pain and suffering may not only bring correction, but it can also bring us to our second point. That is that it can bring us to a greater dependency upon God. That's the second point. Sometimes If not for difficulties, we wouldn't depend upon God, would we? Hey, I can figure this out. I can do it on my own. Things are great. Then you get stuck. You run into trouble. God, help me. Help me. And you know what the Bible says? The Bible says he's a present help in trouble. Don't ever be afraid to say, God, help me. He knows you need help. He knows we need his help all the time. So don't be afraid to say, God, I, I just need your help. A Couple of weeks ago, I was over at uh, my mom and dad's house. And we, uh, my dad wasn't in very good shape at the time. He's doing much better now, praise God. But you know, one night I was over there and I was trying to help him get ready to go to bed and so forth. It was just pulling hard. And there was times I just stood there feeling so helpless. God, I, I just don't know what to do. I don't know how to help my dad. God, help me. And he did. You put your arms around him and you lift him as hard as you can. And I'll help you. And he did. God, help me. The psalmist said, if it wasn't for our struggles, we might stray away from God. Brings us to dependence. Years ago, you know, Jackie and I, we we struggled in our marriage in a big way. But what did that do? It, It caused us to cry out to God. Jackie's a much quicker learner than I am. So she did it first. (laughs) Took me a few years. But praise God. He heard heard our cry. He knew the struggle. He he knew that, by the way, Dan, these three secular marriage counselors you went to, uh uh-uh. They told us to end it. God says Stay, and I'll help you. And he did. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 12. We'll look at verses 7 through 10. And what Paul's going to be speaking about here is he had a had a vision and God gave him a glimpse of heaven. And he said, I was caught up into the third heaven. He saw such incredibly beautiful things and heard inexpressible words. And he saw such sacred secrets. He said, it's not lawful for man to utter. God had given Paul an incredible revelation. He writes this in verse 7. He said, at least, unless I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations. In other words, I... I don't want to exalt myself for the gift that God has given me to see this. So he said this, he said, therefore he gave me a thorn in the flesh. Messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. What What is he saying here? He said, I had a thorn in the flesh, so I would be dependent upon God. Yes, thankful for the vision, yet I take no credit for it. He said, for this thing, this, this thorn in the flesh, whatever it might have been, I besought the Lord thrice or three times that it might depart from me. Hey, he didn't like this thorn in his flesh. I wouldn't want a thorn in a flesh. And we have every opportunity, every right to say to God, God, can you take this away from me? And Paul said, I asked God if he would asked him three times. He said, God gave me an answer. He said to me, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. That's said, Paul, I'm not going to take it away. I'm going to use it to give you strength. And I'm giving you my grace that is entirely sufficient to carry you through. And my strength is perfected in your weakness. It says to me that God values our weaknesses, doesn't he? Why? Because when we can admit to God, I'm weak, I can't do this. It's like God to the rescue, isn't it? I'm going to give you my strength. I'm going to enable you. Excuse me, to to see your way through this as I lead you and as I guide you, as I strengthen you, I'm going to give you all that you need. And he would say, I'm all that you need. Will you depend upon me? And then Paul said this, second part of verse nine. He said, most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities. And here's why. That the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. You see, Paul didn't even have to go out looking for infirmities or reproaches or necessities, persecutions or distress. They just came to him. Just like they do for you too. They find their way into your life, don't they? And God enables them to come into your life. Everything that that you experience, it's been filtered through our Father in heaven that loves you and wants only what's best for you. So Paul said, God in his love for me, he gave me a thorn in the flesh, this affliction that I would see my weakness, and then when I see my weakness, I can also then find and receive God's strength. And notice he didn't say that he would endure the pain. He said, I've been through all these things. I'm going to endure it. No, no, no. He said, I take pleasure in my infirmities and reproaches, necessities, and persecutions, and so on. For when I am weak, then I am strong. You see, in everything, give thanks. For it is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you and concerning me. So we've looked at, first thing, these difficulties can bring correction to us. Second, difficulties bring us to dependency upon God. And third, when we experience these difficulties and trials, tribulations, it can be a testimony of God's goodness to others can't it? When you go through suffering and praise God in it, you are bringing a great testimony of the Lord's work in your life to other people. And I know of several people in this body suffering greatly in illness. And in their illness, what are they doing? I'll tell you what they're not doing. They're not complaining about it. They're not shaking their fist at God. They're giving thanks and praise to Him because He is awesome. And he know they know these folks know that God's got me. He's got me in the palm of His hand, and whatever He's allowing me to go through must be for a purpose. And oftentimes it's to bring a good report to someone that doesn't know Jesus. And you know the truth of the matter is too. When I speak to these people and pray with them and for them, what's it do? When I hear their testimonies, they come up and pray, and I've got this going on, I've got this going on, but I'm praising God, and you know what? It does. It increases my faith. And it should increase yours as well. Incredible testimony to others and a blessing to so many people. And when you praise the, the holy name of Jesus in suffering and in difficulty, you, are, you know what you're doing? You're shutting the mouth of the enemy. It's slammed shut. Because he has no argument against that, does he? How can he stand against that kind of praise? When he thinks he's got you, And you can say, well, praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. He's got me, you don't have me. What's he do? He has no choice but to move on. Paul suffered greatly. And he used the suffering as a platform to testify of Jesus Christ. Philippians 1, verse 12. He said, but I would, but I would, you should understand, brethren, that the things which happened unto me have fallen out rather, for what? Unto the furtherance of the gospel. You see, those afflictions didn't stop him, did they? No, they they motivated him and they moved him to keep on going, to keep on bringing the gospel forth. Why? So people could get saved. How do you stop a guy like that? How do you stop a, a human being like that, that's praising God in everything, thanking him in all things, in obedience to the will of God? God used Paul's suffering to inspire him to testify of God's goodness through the gospel. So if you're going through something, something like this, for example, it's not an opportunity to address God in, in the complaint department. It's a platform to bring glory to him. And I know a bunch of people that are doing this now. In everything. Give things The fourth point. Suffering, trials, difficulties, they mature us. They grow us up. We grow in Christ's likeness. Already shared Psalm 19, verse 71. It is good for me that I've been afflicted, that I might learn thy statutes. And you know, sometimes we don't see clearly God's purposes. Until our tears clear our vision. Sometimes you just say, God, I just don't understand it. But I trust you. And through our tears, which God stores up in a bottle, you know what? He values your tears. He helps clear us up. We cry out to the Lord. Sometimes the tears flow, enabling us to trust in God even further. But again, it's perspective. And oftentimes we don't look up until we're flat on our back, nowhere else to turn. You've heard of people that have, maybe you've done that. God's brought you to the place where you have no place to look except up. That's the right place to look, isn't it? And that's praiseworthy. That's worth thanking him for. Now, do you know what God's priority for you is in this life? Well, it's he's concerned about your health, but that's not his top priority. We all get sick, don't we? And we're all going to get sick unless the Lord comes back first and, and go home to be with Jesus, somehow, some not His top priority isn't your wealth. Although he's interested in that, right? But it's not his top priority. His top priority is... Your Christ likeness. In fact, here's what Paul wrote. He saw so many wonderful things to say. Romans eight twenty nine. He said, He also did predestinate us to be conformed into the image of His Son. That's His plan for your life, <laughs> as simple as that. His plan for you is to conform you into the image of His Son. God has a sovereign purpose in all the things you go through. They shape you. They conform you to the image of Jesus. And sometimes, maybe in the past, you had some sharp edges. That God is using circumstances to smooth out. To fashion you more like Jesus, you know? One thing I love to do, I go to the lake or something like that, and I stand on the seashore, Jackie knows, I love to skip stones. I could do it for 10 minutes. No, I could. No, no. <laughs> I could do it half a day if I wanted to, if I had the time. I just love to skip stones. And what do I look for? I look for these smooth stones that have been flattened out, and I know what a good one looks like to skip now. I've been doing it for years. I know just what they to look for. God has shown me how to throw them so I can cause them to skip several times. Anyhow, I I pick up one of these stones and I realize it wasn't always like this. Mm -hmm. It was just like this jagged one here. Then over time, you know, things are rubbing, other stones rubbing on it, the water's hitting it, all kinds of things. It smooths them right out. Makes them useful to the skipper, right? (laughs) Not not calling God our skipper. (laughs) Skipper. What I'm saying is this, is God has a way of smoothing out our rough edges, doesn't he? To make us fit for the master's use. And he does it in ways that only he understands completely. But he has a purpose. And he has a plan. And that is to conform us, to conform me, to conform you into the image of his son, Jesus Christ. And praise God for that. You know, we all go through things, our loved ones go through things that we don't totally understand or maybe don't understand at all, and things that don't even make sense. And as, as, tr- as hard as we try to understand, you know, family, sometimes we just can't trace God's hand because the canvas that he paints on is infinitely larger than what our tiny vision can see. You see, there's a, there's a picture of your life that he's painting stroke by stroke by stroke And he's painting that picture of your life into the image of his son, Jesus Christ. And you know, for the artist, he knows what he's doing. And for me, as one that's not trained in art, I could watch a painter, he grabs a brush and does this. There's a little line there. Like, what the heck is that? Yet, it contributes to the large canvas, doesn't it? Brush stroke after brush stroke after brush stroke. You know, God used those brush strokes in your life to complete the canvas, which is you being conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. Well, how do we give thanks when our hearts are broken? How do we give thanks when we're, com- you know, confused? How do we give thanks when we're angry at what sin has done in this world? And you know, we can look at this world right now and say, God, this world's a mess. How can I give you thanks with all this stuff going on right now? Well, certainly in all of what we just learned, but beyond that, if you cannot think of anything to thank God for in everything, you can thank him for Jesus, can't you? God, it's a mess here, but your son Jesus has rescued me. Thank you for Jesus. And my life is not my own. I bought with a price. Therefore, I'm gonna glorify my Father, which is in heaven. And I'm gonna bring glory to him by thanking him in everything that I do. We can thank him because he's sovereign. God, I thank you for your sovereignty. You know what you're doing. I don't know what you're doing, but you know what you're doing. I can thank him that that I know that nothing happens by chance or coincidence. I don't believe in coincidences. I believe God has a plan, and God is working with something else we can thank him for, that God is working all things together for good because you love him and you're called according to his purpose. And when you don't get it, when you don't understand what's taking place in your life and how this fits into the big picture, that's okay. You say, God, I thank you that even, even this right now, that's really troubling me. I know that you're working at somehow all these things together for good. And I do love you. And I know I'm called according to your purpose. See, that's thankworthy, isn't it? Can thank him for his love. How about that one? God, thank you for loving this unlovable human being. And yet you love me just the same. In spite of what I am, what I've done. The way I've cursed you. You still love me. The way I've disobeyed you. You still love me. You can thank him for his grace. Oh, praise God for his grace. It's by grace that we're saved. Thank you, God, for your grace. How about his mercy that was waiting for you when you woke up this morning? God, thank you for your, your mercy that you promised and you fulfilled faithfully day after day after day after day for my entire life. And I knew every single morning. God, I thank you for my salvation. You know, on Sunday mornings when we, we gather together at 9 o'clock for prayer, and I sit up here and Veronica always sits in the second row there. And one thing she always says when she prays is, God, thank you for saving me, or thank you for my salvation. And she means it. I'm thankful for my salvation. Because it certainly isn't something that I could do. It's something that God has done. How about this one? God, I, I thank you. That my transgressions have been removed as far as the east is from the west. And I thank you, God, that you'll never bring them up to me again. Because you've promised that my sin and my iniquity you won't remember anymore. Oh, we remember it, right? Don't let the enemy remind you where you've been. You can remind him where he's going. And you can remind him where you're going. True. And not because of what you've done, but because of what Jesus, your Savior, has done for you. You know, we can thank God that our, our lighted, momentary afflictions are achieving in us a, a, an incredible, beautiful, eternal weight of glory. Like Paul said. I wasn't complaining about them. I said, God, they're working. They're working for me. Maybe you need to thank God that your weeping endures for a night. But joy comes in the morning. And you know what else? I can thank my father in heaven that I'm still his child. Even when my faith falters. Even when my faith is weak. I have a faithful father who is in heaven. I can thank my father in heaven. For I suffer outwardly, I'm being renewed inwardly. Mm -hmm. Though the outer man perish, the inner man is being renewed day by day. That's something worth thanking God for, isn't it? (coughs) Now, Now don't get me wrong, I'm not suggesting even for a second that any of this is easy. But what I am suggesting is that difficulties are necessary for God's purpose to be accomplished in our lives. And when you think about it, what's the alternative to having a thankful life? What's the alternative to to live a life and to give in and to despair and anger? We've all tried that, haven't we? I haven't found one instance in my life where I would say, that was good for me. That was a benefit. No. But when I can thank God in everything, that's when I grow. And I grow spiritually. And you know, when we refuse to give thanks to God, and again, it's a commandment he's given us, you're saying, God, nah, I don't I, I think you blew it here. You made a mistake. Mm-hmm. God never makes mistakes. But by giving thanks in everything, in everything, we're saying, God, I trust you. Mm-hmm. I trust you in this. Yeah. It hurts. Mm-hmm. It's hard. It's driving me crazy sometimes. So whatever you're doing in me and through me at this time, in this situation, I'm thanking you for that. Not even knowing in advance how he's going to work it out or what he's working out. We know he has an eternal purpose. We can thank Him that, God, I know that, that your wisdom is greater than mine. And I'm also thankful that when I ask you to give me wisdom, You promised to give it to me. So help me to trust you. and declaring my trust in you by giving thanks. That's a declaration of your trust in God by th- being thankful. We'll close with this These two, two, three verses actually, in Psalm 30. Hear, O Lord, and have mercy upon me. Lord, be thou my helper. Thou hast turned for me my mourning into dancing. Thou hast put off my sackcloth and girded me with gladness, to the end that my glory may sing praises or praise to thee and not be silent, O Lord my God, I will give thanks unto thee how often? Forever. I will give thanks unto thee forever. There's something I want you to point out in here too. The psalmist said, thou hast turned for me my mourning into dancing and has put off my sackcloth and girded me with gladness. Notice the psalmist didn't say, I did this. He didn't say, I have turned my mourning into dancing. I have put off my sackcloth. I have girded me with gladness. No, he said, God, you did this for me. And because you did this for me, I will give thanks unto thee forever. Forever. In everything, give thanks. For it is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning each and every one of us. So Father, we thank you for the privilege you've given us to to give thanks to you. And Lord, I know there's times in all of our lives when we haven't lived thank-filled lives or thankful lives. But Lord, perhaps tonight's a night when we need to do things differently. And learn from what you showed us tonight because it's good for us. It is good to give thanks unto the Lord. It is good to give you praises. It is good to have a heart of gratitude. Help us in these areas where we don't. That we might, that we might be more closely conformed into the image of our Son, Jesus Christ. That's your plan.
0: And I say, count us in. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.